You know, it's hard to assess uh, a team as young as mine. Started this season with 11 seniors, and I have seven right now. You know, last week, three of my four captains were injured and couldn't play. So we're dealing with some things you don't, you know, you can't anticipate, and it uh, forces the depth of your roster to, to play out. And for us, it's been great getting these young guys in there, but we're suffering some of those pains at times. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. Will Brinson of CBS in 30 minutes as our only guest today. We created Free For All Friday to allow for more phone calls. We are coming to those calls right now. NFL and college football are front and center, but there's one of the biggest boxing matches of 2019 tomorrow night at the Staples Center in L.A. Major League Baseball has the final three days of its marathon regular season. First playoff game, believe it or not, is this coming Tuesday. College basketball is back. Late night with Roy is tonight in Chapel Hill. Get an eyeful of freshman point guard Cole Anthony. He has a chance to be one of those rare guys who's automatically one of the best players on his team, one of the best players in his league, one of the better players in the country, and the Tar Heels will need that from him to keep it going under Roy Williams. Duke, Louisville, UV also expected to be really good again this season. If you're a State or a Wake fan and you're excited or not, I would encourage you to remember this. The midsection of the ACC is softer than it usually is. So if you're trying to remember, can we climb the ladder? If you're trying to piece together, do you have enough talent to finish wherever? Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, make a run at an NCAA bid. Maybe even in Wake's case, you know, break what has been, what, four out of five missing the postseason entirely under Danny Manning. There is room to climb the ladder because after that top four I just gave you, it is not the league where, you know, the top eight look unbreakable. And that is the case sometimes in the ACC. I've been covering that league for a long time. It is not the case this year. After Duke, Louisville, UNC, and UVA, it is a lot more wide open than it usually is, and that leaves the door cracked for all sorts of success stories, maybe for teams that have spent a lot of time in the bottom tier of the standings. The final preseason games for the Hurricanes are tonight and Sunday, both at home. The roster stands at 29 after some big cuts. Must get to 23 by opening night. That is this coming Thursday against the Canadians. We'll have more tickets to give away between now and then as we broadcast live from PNC Arena next Thursday. Ben in Burlington wants to be next in on free for all friday a question is welcome a comment is welcome a complaint is welcome a prediction is welcome we've been asking who believes there's some prove it games this weekend in college football and the nfl buffalo bills prove that you're for real three and oh is one thing beating the patriots is another thing entirely detroit lions prove that you're for real two oh and one is one thing Beating Kansas City and the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid is another thing. Do you believe in the heels against number one Clemson? I'm skeptical. Do you believe UVA can go to Notre Dame and beat a top 10 team on the road for the first time in program history? I'm skeptical. Do you believe Kyle Allen is for real? Do you believe Daniel Jones of the New York Giants is for real? Do you believe the Wolfpack will go to Tallahassee and beat the Seminoles, 1-800-849-2761. Ben in Burlington is next. You can follow at 1-800-849-2761 on any of those topics or steer us elsewhere. Ben, welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Hey, DG. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? Uh, a couple things. Uh, one, I got to experience – I'm a big Clemson football fan, and uh, I got to experience Death Valley uh, for whatever reason last year. Uh, just decided to enjoy games in the confines of my living room. But uh, me and my best buddy made the trip down to the Charlotte game this weekend, and I was blown away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Clemson, that atmosphere, the tailgate, the, the 
it's just such a family oriented. I, I'm blown away by it. I've never felt anything else. Been to a lot of sporting venues, and uh, it, it almost seems like as good as they are at football that Dabo has established a culture where family and uh, you know just being a good a, a good human being is more important than than results. But obviously, when you look at life that way, the results will usually follow. Yeah, I, I'd say that I'm a big Dabo believer. I I believed in that guy for a long time, kind of like Tony Bennett at UVA. Uh, I've seen something in those guys before it became popular to see something in those guys, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, Tony Bennett on one of our promos says we were we were the wings beneath his wings, you know, as UVA was all sorts of second guessed by all sorts of fans and even media members. And there wasn't as much of that skepticism for Dabo Sweeney. But, you know, Clemson had gone from night the early 80s all the way into, you know, 2010 and beyond without really being in that mix. And both of those examples, Tony and Dabo, are w- about way more than just football or basketball. They are genuine. They are authentic. They are fun. They are real. They do believe in family. Nobody's perfect, and we all know you could be the nicest family atmosphere-creating guy in the world, and if you don't win enough, you're going to be shown the door. We all know that that's the reality. But what you just described, Ben, after your trip to Death Valley – and I'll tell you this, I've been at this for 33 years. It is one of the five best college football environments I have ever experienced personally. Death Valley at Clemson is on that list for me as well. Um, they're for real on the field in all sorts of obvious ways. NFL pipeline, four straight ACC titles, two of the last three national titles. But there is something genuine about those other bonds that you're talking about. And I, I can tell you this, this is very hard to quantify. But as I've experienced different schools and different coaches, under some coaches, you get used to meeting really impressive young men. And at the same school, maybe a decade before or a decade later, in the same sport, you felt like, man, how's, how are these guys actually legitimately taking college courses and staying eligible? And, you know, I might write a book about such things someday. It's... Uh, a little too sensitive to share all of those details in all cases. But there have been times, I mean, Clemson is not an elite university by ACC standards, right? I mean, Duke and Wake and BC and others start that conversation. And then there are plenty of other great universities, UVA and UNC, two of the top five public universities in the country. But relatively speaking, Clemson, when I started covering this league, was not a a high-end university, and it's made strides that way. But and this example doesn't just apply to Clemson, they, for a long time, did not have as many athletes in football that struck you the same way you just described. And Deshaun Watson's impressive young man. And, you know, Taj Boyd and others before him, impressive young men. And no no program at any school will you line up 100 football players and you're going to be overwhelmed by all 100. It doesn't work that way. But... In my experience, there are some programs that have, you know, a couple dozen dudes that you're like, whoa, how is this even happening? I know they barely qualified by NCAA standards because I I follow recruiting closely. I talk to moms and dads and high school coaches. Some of them are getting in trouble off the field. And there's just like a little bit of a renegade atmosphere at some programs I've covered over the years. And it's been interesting to see. I've always – it's come – it's it's, uh, expected – that it's going to vary from university to university. It's not as expected that Clemson football in this era was one way, 
and Clemson football, same school, same sport, but a decade or two removed is very different. And I have lived both through my lower expectations of what the average Clemson football player has been like and my current high expectations for what the current Clemson football player is like, if that makes sense. And if you can both win more while bringing up that other average, just the human being, the academic, the, the uh, you know, contributor to society, the believer in faith and family and football, holy cow. A lot of times when you see a school that hasn't been on your radar all of a sudden win big in a sport, 10 years later, you're reading a book about how <laughs> boosters were playing, paying players and assistant coaches were paying boosters. And I mean, it, it was, you know, oh, oh, wow, that's how they went from off the map to on the map. And then there's NCAA scandals and other craziness. Dabo somehow has performed, you know, the double whammy borderline miracle. He has one of the two best programs on the field, along with Alabama, of course. And I see it as outstanding in all the other ways that Ben just described as well. Trying to think of what my other top five tailgating environments for college football would be. I mean, we have our tailgate tour here in North Carolina. And Darren, you and I think agree that NC State, ECU, and App State are our three favorite tailgating environments. Yeah, I think those would be the top three in, in our state. state. Yeah. And I like Panthers games, and their tailgating is pretty good at the NFL level as well. But my top five for my whole career leaving our state, Clemson's up there. I think I've been to Virginia Tech so many times, I'd have to squeeze that somewhere in my top five. Uh, I haven't been to Tallahassee as often over the years. And then there are places that, man, like if the Miami Hurricanes were good way back in the day, you want to talk about chaos. Now, it's not going to win your tailgating awards because it's just a weird setup down there and the stadium's way off of campus. And, but when, they're, when they matter, man, it's like a, a show. It's, it's like the Super Bowl halftime show. They just announced this year's performers, right? I mean, it is South Florida getting jacked up for a combination of a sporting event and a party. And they do show up, and they are loud, and it is fun pregame and postgame. But that's kind of erratic, and it's a bandwagon atmosphere, so it's not as consistently as good. Um, at, between the Hedges at Georgia is a top five for me. I haven't been there as often as a guy who covers the ACC for a living. But anybody, anything else? I mean, I grew up in Pennsylvania. When you see 100-plus thousand people at Penn State, that would probably be in my top five that I have personally experienced but I also haven't been to every one that might be on that list. Yeah, I, I, you know, you got Ohio State and Michigan, you got Tennessee and you know Texas and Texas A and M and other SEC venues. You know, there there's a lot that I haven't been to, but those are some that I would think of as you know candidates if you can get there. Yeah, per personally, I've been to to fewer than you. I would say definitely um, Virginia Tech. Obviously, I grew up going to games in Blacksburg, so that comes to mind. And then uh, the environment around Neyland Stadium at Tennessee yeah. I don't know what it's like no, no it's like no, it's, lately because well, it's of the weird past right few now years. yeah it's, it's weird, weird right, right now. now you got you got teams losing games left and right <laughs> coaches getting fired left and right 
weird witch hunt type coaching searches left and right. But prior player, to all that, prior player, to all players that. transferring out, I mean, like by the day, it's really <laughs> weird for Jeremy Pruitt right now. And it was really weird for Lane Kiffin there. And it was really weird when Dave Doran hit the periphery of that search, right? It was really weird for Greg Schiano. That, that's weird, but I agree with you. I mean, that checkered end zone, when the Vols matter, that's 100,000 plus. Yeah. And that's... You know, that's creating a city, essentially. I mean, there's it's a good college town, but it's one of those that, you know, quadruples in population, or it feels that way, when the volunteers are good and when they are filling the stadium, which, again, is not the case right now. There are at least three coaches in the Atlantic Coast Conference who will be in uncomfortable circumstances come Monday to steal a Jimmy Buffett song if their teams don't win this weekend. I will tell you the names of those three coaches and one more coach who, because he has an open week after this, you know how this works. If you have an open week next, whatever the conversation is after your performance tomorrow, good or bad, it has to last almost twice as long. Like you really want to win a key game going into your open week. Otherwise, you got to hear that negative noise for almost two weeks straight. It's painful. You can't turn the page because the next game can't get here quickly enough when you have an open week. Both Florida State and NC State have open weeks after they play each other tomorrow. So there, somebody's going to have a fun conversation. And somebody's going to have a not-so-fun conversation. And it's going to last a lot longer than the typical five, six, or seven days. More on those stories. More on the best NFL matchups of the weekend. Bills hosting the Patriots. Lions hosting the Chiefs. Vikings at Bears is a good one. Sunday night football. The Saints at 2-1 and one leading the Panthers division. Have to deal with the Dallas Cowboys, but that game is in New Orleans. A Sunday night special, one of the highlights of the weekend. The Panthers have a chance to even their record at 2-2 two and two with a trip to the dangerous Houston Texans. My three biggest questions about the Panthers' trip to Houston, with more of your calls on the other side. Do you believe this weekend? Are the Tar Heels or the Cavaliers going to make their make history first times that they did this or that in the history of their football program? Do you believe in Kyle Allen with the Panthers or Daniel Jones with the Giants as up-and-coming young quarterbacks? Do you believe in the Bills or the Lions as undefeated teams as they host the Patriots and the Chiefs? And do you believe in the Carolina Hurricanes? Can they make another playoff trip and playoff run this season? We will learn more about that team as roster cuts continue between now and Thursday night's regular season opener. Again, home games, preseason style, tonight and Sunday for your Canes. 1-800-849-2761. We do have lines open. Now's a good time to jump in. Will Brinson in 15 minutes. Lines tend to be jammed from Monday through Thursday. Lines are open right now for your question, comment, or complaint. 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. Throwback Justice League. You know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman. If there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life, Aquaman is your guy. Zay Jones is dominating the three-cone drill. Aquaman is dominating the talk-to-porpoises drill. This is the David Glenn Show. 
first off, let's talk about Chris Paul as a human being. He's one of the finest, nicest gentlemen that I've ever met. And number two, in a two-year period, it's the most games the Houston Rockets have ever won in the regular season, and we wouldn't have done it without Chris Paul. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was the multi-billionaire reality TV star of his own show on CNBC and owner of the Houston Rockets, Tillman Fertitta, talking about former Wake Forest star Chris Paul as a person, as a player. 1-800-849-2761. Dabo Sweeney dropped by. Also on our program, on his way to Chapel Hill to take on Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. You have the NFL on college and college football on your mind. So do we. Greg and Raleigh wants to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. Others, our show introduction music. Could it have been Barry White instead of the Blues Brothers? Would we have set the state of North Carolina on an entirely different course had we played that kind of high-energy music to start every, every show? I don't know the answer to that. We won't find out because we can't do that. The unintended consequences are too extreme to consider. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. One thing I mentioned before the break, three questions for the Panthers as they head to the Houston Texans with a chance to even their record at 2-2, two and two, and three college football coaches where the conversation will be dramatically different Monday based upon whether they win or lose this weekend. Are you ready for this? As we come to your calls, lines are open and intern Will is taking them. You can be next right now at 1-800-849-2761. NC State hosts or visits Florida State. We've talked about the Wolfpack half of this equation a lot this week. We talked with Dave Doran. They need better quarterback play. Dave Doran went to bat for Matthew McKay, his sophomore, redshirt sophomore starter, saying, among other things, he is a first-time starter. you got to give him a, a break. He needs time to develop. I think some Wolfpack fans fairly pushed back by saying, wait a minute, I know you're just going to bat for your guy. And for those who don't know, it is part of a coach's job to go to bat for his guy. It does not do him any good. If you're Dave Doran, we talk about this a lot on the show, in your real life, you cannot give the truth serum answer to every question at all times. You can't. You want to believe that you'd never tell even a little white lie. But you'll find an example, if you're willing to look, where grandma's highlight of her week is whether or not you like her cookies. And that batch was bad. And grandma asks how her cookies are. You really going to say they suck, grandma? You really going to say that? I mean, if you're a good person, you might tell that little white lie, right? Well, with coaches... If Dave Doran's truth serum answer, live on the David Glenn Show this week or otherwise, if his truth serum answer is, we got to get a lot better at quarterback or we might not even make a bowl game this year. Can he say that out loud? Hell no, he can't say that out loud. Now, we don't know the truth serum answer, but an honest answer would be Matthew McKay is behind where Guys like Ryan Finley, four games into starting for us. Or guys like Jacoby Brissett, four games into starting for us. The truth is that Matthew is not that far along. Ryan Finley on his way to the NFL. Jacoby Brissett on his way to the NFL. Relatively quickly showed NFL promise. And then gradually became, you know, all ACC caliber guys and NFL draft picks. So by those measuring sticks, which are difficult, let's be fair, <laughs> future NFL guys at the QB position all over Raleigh, Phillip Rivers, Russell Wilson, Mike Glennon, and then those more, two more recent guys, the mo those last two under Dave Doran himself, 
You can't say Matthew doesn't is not living up to the precedent set before him. You might believe that, and you might know deep in your heart that if you don't get better quarterback play, you're not going to Florida State and beating the Seminoles. Coaches have this dance that they must do, which as maybe a, you know, a 20-year-old journalist, I didn't fully understand. But as you hope professional coaches and college coaches respect and understand your job little by little, Bill Belichick, for example, still doesn't. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given Dana Jacobson the death stare for asking a question that she had every right to ask as a journalist. It's actually okay if Bill dodged the question about Antonio Brown. But it's classless and it's unprofessional to give a seasoned pro like Dana Jacobson an unprofessional death stare just because she asked you about Antonio Brown. She knows you're probably going to dodge it, and she respects if your answer is. Well, Dana, I respect your desire to ask that question and your willingness to do your job and ask that question, but I hope you'll respect that my job is to lead the Patriots to football wins, and because of that, I'm focused on the fill-in-the-blank. You know, on to, we're on to Cincinnati. Whatever. There's a way for both sides to go through the dance and both execute their jobs without being nasty, without being unprofessional. It would actually be counterproductive for Dave Doran of NC State to give a truth serum answer about his current quarterback play, wouldn't it? Like, fans are beating him up in some cases because of his comments on our show. What do you really want him to say? Do, if the truth serum answer doesn't reflect well on Bailey Hockman's one possession against Ball State where he throws an interception, about Matthew McKay's not horrible but below average by ACC standards body of work through four games, three and one, remember, the Wolfpack is. It's not like they're in the doldrums right now. You go four and one, you beat the Seminoles in Tallahassee, man, you're feeling good about yourself moving forward. Now, you lose that going into an open week. Of course, it's a totally different conversation. But I would just ask fans to understand that there are plenty of examples where coaches, like your perhaps answer to grandma about her cookies, cannot be the full truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God with your hand on the Bible in the witness chair in front of Judge Glenn in the latest court case, right? It just it, It's more complicated than that. The pack needs to get better at quarterback. Now, you can send me videos of nice plays that Matthew McKay made, and you're right. But I'm right, as one of the only people whose job it is to watch all 14 teams, that the Wolfpack is getting below-average quarterback play. There's no doubt about it. You can send me 100 videos. You're leaving out the plays that are missed. You're leaving out inaccurate throws. You're leaving out defenses that are daring the pack to throw the ball downfield, and they're not making those completions. You're leaving out poor timing with receivers. You're leaving out messing up clock management issues, right? You're leaving out that Jacoby Brissett and Ryan Finley gradually could do more things pre-snap than redshirt sophomore Matthew McKay is doing right now. Again, I don't want to beat the kid up. But we got to paint an accurate picture. And for the Wolfpack to have a really good season after back-to-back nine-win campaigns, it is the absolute truth they must be better at that position. They're actually a pretty solid football team at most other places. And quarterback gets too much credit, I know, sometimes. Too much blame at other times, I know. This is one of the times where if you're looking to the, at the key to the rest of the Wolfpack season, there is no doubt about it. The season can go really well if Matthew McKay or somebody else gets better. 
and the season can go into the tank if the Wolfpack keeps having mediocre or less quarterback performances as UVA has Bryce Perkins, Clemson has Trevor Lawrence, UNC has found Sam Howell, Jamie Newman's tearing it up at Wake Forest. Florida State has two dangerous quarterbacks when they're both healthy. We'll see what the Wolfpack gets with James Blackman coming off of injury and the Wisconsin transfer Alex Hornibrook looking really good in his stead last week. 1-800-849-2761. But that is the bottom line. And Dave Doran can't be a thousand percent transparent with every answer to those questions. 1-800-849-2761. Will Brinson, senior NFL writer for CBS, CBS Sports, joins us on the other side. We'll get later to Kobe in Winston-Salem, Dwayne in Greensboro, Greg in Raleigh. They have hockey and baseball and the NFL on their minds. You can jump in at 1-800-849-2761. But on the other side, we'll talk Panthers at Texans. We'll talk about the other leading matchups of the weekend. Do you believe in the undefeated Bills as they host the Patriots? Do you believe in the undefeated Lions as they host the Kansas City Chiefs? Will Brinson has answers to those questions and others, and he joins us next on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More of your free-for-all Friday phone calls for the remainder of the show. Dial in just a little bit later this hour, 1-800-849-2761. Your Panthers have a chance to even their record at 2-2 two two with a trip to Houston. The Saints have a tough game as the NFC South leaders. They host the Cowboys on Sunday night football. We have some new names in the ranks of the unbeaten. My Eagles removed the Green Bay Packers from that list last night on Thursday Night Football. Here to discuss all things NFL, he's the host of the Daily Pick 6 podcast, also senior NFL writer for CBSSports.com, Will Brinson. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? What's going on, Dave? Um, for those that don't uh, subscribe who, are, uh, who might be listening in the great state of North Carolina already or don't subscribe already, we do eight shows a week now in the Big Six Podcast. Wow. We're up to eight shows a week. It's incredible. I don't know why I'm doing it, but it's fun. And, and so uh, make sure and check that out on your little purple I- Apple podcast app. You can uh, subscribe and listen. We have to put a little asterisk next to the word daily because it's right. un- it underserves the hard work of Will Brinson of CBSSports.com with the Daily Plus Pick 6 podcast. All right, many might have expected the Chiefs to be 3-0 and or the Patriots or the Rams or the Cowboys. Not as many saw the Bills, the 49ers, or the Lions that way. Niners are off this weekend, but... The bill or the yeah the Bills host the Patriots and the Lions with that tie but still uh, unbeaten technically uh, host the Kansas City Chiefs. Which of those three do you have the most believe belief in? Niners, Lions, or Bills in the long run, and why? That's a that's a good question. I think they're all sort of floating in that in that same range. I would probably go with the Bills because I, I think. What we've seen from Buffalo, Dave, and, and by the way, I think there's a pretty good chance they could beat the Patriots this weekend. I mean, look, New England's awesome. They own Buffalo. Buffalo doesn't win, doesn't beat them very often. They own the whole division. Um, but, I mean, I just kind of have this 
fighty sense thing about it's Monday morning and we're talking about is like your headlines blaring across uh, you know the the hot take shows in the morning like is the Patriots reign over? Have the Bills taken yeah. the East? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's just one of those like September. Well, actually, I guess it'd be October. One of those early October NFL storylines that we that we end up getting into that end up looking stupid. But um, when you look at Buffalo, what they have is uh, one of the best defenses in football. They're ranked sixth by DVOA right now. I think that'll improve uh, once they factor in more more opponent uh, influences. They have an excellent secondary, and Ed Oliver's been a huge addition up, up front for them. Uh, Sean McDermott is quietly one of the best coaches in the NFL, uh, a guy that Panthers fans know well. He was an excellent defensive coordinator. So you, of course, you know, you know, served under Jim Johnson up in, up in Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, forced to take over that after, after the late Jim Johnson passed uh, and, and sort of knocked him down a peg. But McDermott finds a way to win football games um, in, in, a, in a way that most coaches don't. Like a lot of coaches – we saw it with Matt LaFleur last night, like to lose football games. They like to get cute and lose football games. Sean McDermott's preparation and his defensive acumen have really shown an ability to, to steal a victory or two for the Bills each year since he's been there. Um, They're not 3-0 by accident. They have an outstanding defense. They're running the ball well. They improved their offensive line in the offseason. It was a real problem last year. They didn't make any sexy moves this offseason, but they brought in guys like Cole Beasley and John Brown. And you sort of see – um, what I think the Panthers did for Cam Newton at one point, which was to cater cater to his strengths while also uh, bringing in weapons that could improve uh, his weaknesses. So Josh Allen, the young 25-year-old big-arm quarterback, completing 64% of his passes, and he's not even really being accurate downfield yet, which is sort of his strength. Um, I don't think they'll test the Patriots, but adding John Brown gives you that downfield weapon. A guy like Cole Beasley helps improve your, your intermediate and short accuracy. And they're running the ball effectively. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this turned into a rock fight, a low-scoring game between the Patriots and the Bills. And if you told me the Bills came out victorious, I wouldn't be shocked. Will Brinson's joining us on the David Glenn Show on Twitter. He is at Will Brinson, Pick 6 Podcast online. Find his work at CBSSports.com. We have a lot of quarterbacks under scrutiny this weekend that came out the same year. You just mentioned Josh Allen. Uh, the Heisman Trophy winner was that Baker Mayfield guy. His Browns visit that Lamar Jackson guy as the Ravens host Cleveland. And, of course, Kyle Allen actually turned pro early that same year with those guys and went undrafted entirely as he is now starting for the Carolina Panthers. Let's talk about one and two Cleveland's visit to the two and one Baltimore Ravens. If I asked you the comparison between Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson about a year and a half ago, it would have been mostly Baker Mayfield celebrations, right? Where do things stand now uh, that Lamar Jackson has been kind of shot out of a cannon in, in this second season in the NFL and Baker Mayfield has at least hit some turbulence? Yeah, I mean, a year ago this time, Baker Mayfield entered for Tyrod Taylor. I think it was week three against the Jets. And uh, he took over. He won that game uh, despite Hugh Jackson's best efforts. He took <laughs> over. Uh, they, he struggled a little bit for a while with Hugh Jackson there, but certainly looked apart. The um, then Freddie Kitchens and Greg Williams took over. They they took off in this you know the, the, this winning streak, and and people sort of anointed the Browns as this Super Bowl contender. I mean, I I, I don't I, I'm sure that I said it at one point on your show this offseason. Uh, if I didn't, then that's on me. But <laughs> I, I didn't. I was not biting into the Browns entirely. I thought. They had two big issues, one, the offensive line, and two, 
the coaching situation, as much as you might, as much as we like Freddie Kitchens, and I mean, I like Freddie Kitchens, but you know, he's a first year head coach who's calling the plays at the same time. I mean, I, I, I liken it. I mean, imagine if you had to write seven stories a day while hosting a radio show for three hours, how would your radio show be? Right. Not as good, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, you, the more you add to your plate, the more, the more you take away from what your primary duty is. And so Freddie Kitchens, his, you know, we saw it. I mean, the, we don't know whether Baker Mayfield all the ball to the fourth and nine draw or whether Freddie Kitchens called it. But when you're running a draw on fourth and nine at midfield in a close game that you have to win at home in prime time, uh, maybe, maybe you've got too much going on. Uh, and, and I think this offensive line, as well as defensive pressure, has really showcased one major flaw in Baker Mayfield's game, and that's uh, his willingness to evacuate a clean pocket uh, despite a lack of pressure, right? So when he's pressured, he's fine running, and he can, he's good on the run, and he makes great throws on the run. But in the NFL, if you're given a clean pocket and time to throw from that pocket, you cannot bolt early. It invites pressure from, from guys who are trying to rush you but maybe aren't succeeding. We saw him basically draw Aaron Donald into the play multiple times uh, last week against, uh, against the Rams, and it, it puts your team in a bad position because you're basically playing playground football and you know he's not he's not getting the ball to Odell Beckham I I mean I think Lamar Jackson is first of all has put himself in the conversation with Baker Mayfield and at this point has probably passed it and I don't know you know I don't want to be hyperbolic here because the the Browns have had a tougher schedule to start maybe uh, than than the Ravens have but Lamar Jackson has shown some growth this offseason this preseason this regular season that I think a lot of people didn't think he had in his game despite the fact that he's 22 years old. Um, he's, he's improved his downfield, throw, his downfield accuracy. Uh, he's not leaning to run as much. And the, the ecosystem that the Ravens have put around him with a great running game out of shotgun that caters to his skill set and, and forces defense to be honest about his running. Uh, Greg Roman, an offensive coordinator, has had success with Tyrod Taylor and Colin Kaepernick, similarly skilled players. Um, and the weapons they got, these quick-twitch athletes like uh, Miles Boykin, Mark Andrews is a sneaky stud tight end, and Marquise Brown. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson has vaulted himself not just into the top of that quarterback class, but into the legitimate MVP discussion right now, and I think the Ravens are going to tattoo the Browns this weekend. Earlier today, Bill Belichick was asked a question that I wonder if you've written about this in your long and distinguished career. He, he was basically asked, when you're in situations as the coach of the Patriots where you have to decide to go for it on fourth down or attempt a two-point conversion versus an extra point, he was asked, how much do you rely on analytics? His answer this morning was, quote, less than zero. And he elaborated a little bit. I mean, we don't know what the greatest coaches in NFL history from way back would have thought about analytics because there weren't anything like modern-day analytics. But to hear Belichick, arguably the GOAT of all time, say less than zero while a little bit qualifying it, he said, you know, I have my guy, Ernie Adams, who relies on analytics in operations and scouting and contracts and technology. But he said it's not a gut thing entirely, but he doesn't care what happened in 1973 or 1983 and he's making an individual analysis based only on the things pertinent to that game in that situation. Have you heard him sort of, you know, punt the analytics idea that way in the past? You know, the, the funny thing is, uh, Dave, that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, uh, and this is, this may, is maybe the greatest secret about the organization, is that they have done as much as possible to poo-poo the idea that they don't use analytics in football. 
they're probably the most analytics-heavy organization in all of football. Yeah. And Bill Belichick even, even like, uh, slyly said at the end of his comments, I believe, he said, but I like math. Yes, and I like math. He, look, he's an economist by nature. I mean, people don't talk about Bill Belichick like that. He is. You know, football and economics don't go together in, in a, you know, too nerdy to talk about. Uh, he's a mathematician. He understands the importance of leverage. He understands how to build a roster and how to, how to leverage a roster that way. He understands the importance of uh, doing certain things in-game. I mean, remember the fourth and two against Peyton Manning in the AFC Championship game uh, that he got railroaded for uh, when he went for it and didn't get it. Um, people were like, oh, how could you do that? You know, you've got to punt, trust your defense. He didn't trust his defense against Peyton Manning, so he went for it. Uh, and, and, you know, it's the sort of thing we would applaud now. So I don't, I'm not going to call Bill Belichick a liar, but I don't believe him when he says that. They love, the Patriots love, making sure that other teams, because everybody else copies the Patriots in, in the NFL. That's what they do. Yeah. If the Patriots do something, people follow them. Then the Patriots go do something else, people follow them there. The Patriots do not want to talk about analytics and do not want to talk about how much they lean on analytics, both in the roster building and in-game decision-making and the way they build their offensive and defensive schemes because they don't want other teams to get on board with them. Just as an example, um, there's a huge NFL nerd argument this offseason that uh, it was made – PFF made the case that a cornerback, a stud cornerback, and secondary players, defensive backs, are more valuable than stud pass rushers. Football people freak the geek out. They're like, oh, it's impossible. Right. Pass rusher, you have to have a pass rusher. Look what Bill Belichick has done and the way that he's built his roster, which they are allowing. This is insane. Dave, they're allowing .08 points per drive right now. .08. <laughs> the Bears allowed 1.4 points last year. They were the best defense in football. Right. Um, and it, they're doing it because Bill Belichick zigs when everybody was zagging. He went and got a bunch of defensive studs, secondary guys. He signed Stephon Gilmore as a free agent. That's something the Patriots don't do, right? Sign, sign free agents. Um, you know, he got the McCourty brothers in there. He's got all these guys playing incredible man coverage on the back end. And what the result is, is that it's forcing uh, offensive lines, opposing offensive lines, to block longer than they can. It's forcing opposing quarterbacks to hold the ball longer than they can. And it's, a, it's creating a pass rush in a way – it's manufacturing a pass rush through coverage. And so he's basically taken the analytical argument, but he was five or ten years ahead of it, right? He was designing this before anybody else was, and now he's got it rolling, and it's probably going to end up with him going to another Super Bowl. I love it. Will Brinson on Twitter at Will Brinson online, CBSSports.com. Also check out the Daily Plus Pick 6 podcast. Last thing for you as we look at a weekend that includes Browns at Ravens, Vikings at Bears. We mentioned Patriots at Bills. The Chiefs visit the unbeaten Detroit Lions. And the Saints host the Dallas Cowboys. That's your Sunday night special. We, of course, always have to ask you about the Panthers challenge. They can even their record at 2-2, two and two, but they're playing a very dangerous Houston offense that doesn't seem too intimidating, I don't think, on defense or special teams. What has to go right besides Kyle Allen in his uh, next start for the Panthers at quarterback for Carolina to win that game against Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, and the rest of that talented crew? Yeah, I think uh, the two things that are really important for Carolina here. Uh, one, we saw against Arizona, they sacked Kyler Murray eight times. And Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, I mean, I guess similar style in terms of their ability to run but desire not to run unless they have to. Um, you know, obviously Kyler Murray not as used to seeing what Ron Rivera throws at him, and he threw a bunch of stuff at him defensively. Um, Deshaun Watson will be more prepared. The key here is going to be 
the three new offensive linemen for the Houston Texans. You have Larry McTunsell, who was acquired in a trade with Miami, Titus Howard and Max Sharping, who uh, were drafted early on by Houston because they were desperate for offensive linemen. They played really well last year. And if they play really well and they can block Carolina's stout defensive front, then maybe Kwan shorts out. We'll see what happens with all that. That's going to be a major problem for Carolina because without that pressure, they're not going to hold up on the back end. Uh, and then conversely, Carolina has to block for Kyle Allen. He has to have enough time to throw. Uh, you know, the good thing with North Turner's scheme and the weapons with DJ Moore, Curtis Daniel, Christian McCaffrey, is they'll put him in satellite routes around the line of scrimmage to let you, you know, to, 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 you know, to orchestrate quick throws and get the ball out fast. So that, that will help mitigate the pressure, but they're going to have to block J.J. Watt and keep him from wrecking havoc. If he does, it's going to be a long day for Kyle Allen. So I think, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, like the game's won in the trenches, it really will be run, won in the trenches between Carolina and Houston this weekend. Will Brinson, enjoy that weekend, man. Thank you, as always, for the time on the David Glenn Show. You got it, Dave. Have a great day. You got it. Free for All Friday is all phone calls the rest of the way. On the other side, someone in on the Canes in the NHL, many others on football, college and pro. And how's this for one more? Every year, the ESPN.com folks put out a top 100 NBA basketball players. For the first time, LeBron James is not listed number one. As college basketball is back, late night with Roy tonight in Chapel Hill and otherwise, and the NBA is not too, too far away, the new number one, and how far did LeBron slide on that preseason annual ranking? More on that story with more of your phone calls next. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Blue you and Agriculture you. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Okay, one thing I promised, and then we'll just line up the phone calls to start hour number three. That's what Free For All Friday is all about. Line's busy Monday through Thursday. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. ESPN.com does put out an annual list of its projected best players in the NBA with that season not too far away. For the first time since they started these rankings a decade or so ago, LeBron is not number one. It goes Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Bucks first, Kawhi Leonard now of the Clippers second, and then that LeBron guy slid to third. The craziest rules experiment in professional basketball. And then back to your football questions and comments next on the David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hating. The situation were reversed. I would hope they would lose by 100. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show.